welcome to Love Alexi. My name is Alexi Wasser. I'm your host, and this is my podcast. And my guest today is Grammy-nominated singer-songwriter Lisa Loeb. Oh my goodness. You guys, you have no idea how excited I am about this episode. Um, So Lisa stopped by the studio. She has a new album out called Feel What You Feel. It's available on Amazon, and it features Craig Robinson and Ed Helms. And uh, and we talk about that and a myriad of other wonderful things. Um, so I first heard about Lisa when I saw the movie Reality Bites. Okay, I'm not alone in this. I saw Reality Bites. It's still one of my favorite movies starring Winona Ryder, Ethan Hawke, Ben Stiller, Janine Garofalo. And I heard Lisa's song, Stay, in the movie. And it's this emotional tearjerker of a song and it found its way and embedded itself into my psyche and my soul. And I immediately bought the soundtrack to Reality Bites because the entire soundtrack is fantastic. And, uh, and I listened to it on repeat, you know, on CD, whatever those are anymore. And, uh, and I listened to it so many times, the CD got all like worn out and tattered and scratched and who knows where it is. I don't know if I sold it to some CD resale place or if somebody stole it or whatever. But the point is, that's where my discovery of Lisa Loeb happened. And her song Stay is still my go-to karaoke song. Cut to 10 years ago. um, I'm channel surfing, looking for something to watch on TV. And I stumbled upon a reality show starring Lisa Loeb called Number One Single that I became obsessed with. It's all about Lisa. She's in her 30s looking for love and uh, in the big city and balancing work and friends and family and all that, which of course, you know, I'm going to love because it's got all the the necessary ingredients for uh, for a TV show I'm going to be enamored with. Um, and I remember I saw this one episode where Lisa and her mom, Debbie, go to some chocolate cafe or what have you, uh, in New York in Soho. And there's a super cute waiter guy with like shaggy hair. And he's, you know, just like 20 something hipster guy. And I, I remember thinking, wow, who is that babe of a waiter? And I kind of filed that away in the recesses of my mind. So the next time I found myself in New York, which is not long after discovering this show, I made a point to go to this hot chocolate cafe place in Soho, I, you know, I, I did my detective work, I, you know, like the sleuth that I am, and I found this cafe, and I went alone because I didn't want to be stifled. If, if in fact, I was going to meet and fall in love with this handsome, hipster, shaggy-haired waiter guy, I didn't want anybody to, like, block that. So I went by myself. I, I you know, I, I looked adorable. I found a quiet table in the back in a corner in a nook, if you will. I ordered a hot chocolate and I got, you know, I got brave enough to ask, excuse me, does this, does this cute guy I saw on the show uh, work at uh, the cafe? He did work at the cafe. He wasn't there that day. And uh, I, I think, you know, whatever I made, you know, I didn't go back cause I wasn't, I'm not so much of a loser that I was going to like go to this cafe more than once on my brief trip to New York, which may or may not have been only to meet this guy. Of course not, but maybe not, no, not at all. Um, anyway, um, but I was just proud of myself because I, I was uh, brave. I threw myself out into the world and uh, took a chance, took a chance on a, on a shaggy-haired stranger who worked at a chocolate cafe. Anyway, um, and I attribute all of this to Lisa Loeb. So anyway, we talk about 
her show uh, number one single on E. We talk about a million different things. And uh, and I had to do so much research because I wanted to make sure I was all well-versed in Lisa Loeb. And I had no idea that not only is she such a prolific performer, artist, but she's also a businesswoman. I mean, she tours, she makes music for kids, for adults, for families. Like she's just such a prolific songwriter. She makes music for so many different uh, different people. She has her Lisa Loeb eyewear collection. She writes children's books. She co-wrote a children's musical. She started the Camp Lisa Foundation to make it, to make it possible for kids to go to summer camp. And at one point, I, I read that she even had her own line of coffee. So she's just this inspiring, energetic, talented powerhouse of a woman, is what I'm trying to say. And I'm really happy we got a chance to sit down and talk. You know, and we talk about love, dating, reality bites, and and uh, the whole story behind that, and and the song "Stay." We talk about marriage and how she had kids later in life, which is something really, uh, something that, that I'm really interested in because I am in my 30s. I don't I'm not ready for kids yet, but I know that I want to have kids at some point in my life, but I want to kind of push it to be as far away from now as possible. So it was really I thought it was fortunate and uh that I got to pick Lisa's brain about fertility stuff and and that experience that she had, you know. And Lisa gives me the best dating advice ever. It's crazy. Uh, Lisa Loeb gives me dating advice and it's sound solid advice because she is in, she has like the, she is so grounded, has this really beautiful, healthy marriage that just looks so balanced and lovely that I've decided like she's my spirit guide. She doesn't know that, but yeah, like I've made her in my head to be like the big sister. I never knew I always wanted and needed. But uh, anyway, uh, if you want to find out more about Lisa, Follow her on Instagram and Twitter at Lisa Loeb or visit her website, lisaloeb.com. And you can do the same for me. You can, uh, you know, if you like this podcast, the Love Alexi podcast, you can subscribe on iTunes, rate the show, leave a comment, find me on all of social media, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook, at Alexi Wasser. But now I'm going to stop rambling so you can enjoy my conversation with the beautiful, grounded, and beyond talented, inspiring Lisa Loeb. Now entering Nerdist.com. What's happening? Are we recording? Mm-hmm. Oh, this is incredible. Hello. Oh, look, hi. 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 Good to see you. Good to see you, too. Oh, this is Aristotle, my producer. Hi. How are you? This is Lisa. How are you doing? Lisa Loeb. <laughs> this is hi. so exciting. You're right there. I'm right here. Oh, my God. Thank you for doing this. I wore my special chocolate leggings. Very cool. Or do you want to go here or there? Oh, where I can go anywhere. Where do you want me to go? Here? I mean, wherever you're most comfortable. This looks like I'm like, supposed to be here. Yeah, it seems more fancy. Because okay. you got the whole Nerdist logo. I'm wearing my leggings. You look so My chocolate cute. leggings. Who made these leggings? Um, Some company. Somebody gave them to me. When I played the show, I have to look. It's like checking my underwear to make sure I my name's I love it. Right. You're wearing underwear? I told you not to wear underwear for the podcast. LuLaRoe. LuLaRoe. It's like a mail order kind of company. Yeah. I think it's mail order. Like I was in, um, outside of Pennsylvania, I was yeah. in, I was in Haverford or Havertown. Haverton, testing, testing. Ooh. Like a festival. Yeah. And there were three booths set up. There's some booths set up. These people, they sell these clothes. Feel them. Oh, my God. I'm going to go. Oh, my God. Aristotle, you can't feel, feel it. it. <laughs> you 
would never. Right? They're very, very soft. You said channel. But they're incredibly soft, and these gals waited around for me till everybody else had their booths all packed up, and they gave me these leggings, which I need to tweet about them or something because it's a, it's a company. Oh and my god! People sell their own stuff. It's kind of like they're independent salespeople for this company. Yeah. And they've got grown-up clothes and kids' clothes and leggings. But these leggings, they came and brought me some backstage. They better sponsor the nobody show now. Bother me. I know nobody <laughs> wanted to bother me. They're like, we didn't want to bother you, but these girls are waiting outside. I'm like, you should have bothered me. Oh my god! Been, like sitting around eating potato chips. Oh, that's great. Backstage. That sounds great too, though. I know it was really good. Oh my I was like, god! Get me out of the backstage. I couldn't stop eating turkey sandwiches, which oh. I don't really even eat turkey that much. But I was eating a lot of turkey sandwiches and backstage food. Oh man! And, um, and is... then I went out there and I brought these sort of <laughs> light powdery colors that they had given me, and I saw these, and I was like, "Ooh, dark would be good." And then I noticed they had boxes of chocolates. Look how tiny you are, too. How do you so, stay so tiny? I have no idea. Your thighs are so small. Um. Yeah, it's it's a disease. No, it's, it's a, dis- a disease. Oh God! I'm just kidding, See, no, my no. weight fluctuates. It's crazy. You, you're like always, uh, you know, just fit and fantastic. Sorry, I just have an apple That's in my disgusting. teeth. I'm, I eat apples as a snack. I eat apples. <laughs> I eat apples. I eat. I eat healthy. Oh my God! Like pizza and broccoli. Healthy. I get it. I get like it. French fries and. Onion rings. Where's, where's your guitar? You're yeah. not gonna you're not gonna play stay for me? I can't believe this. That was the I whole No, just kidding, just kidding. I, feel, I know I was on the way over here. I was like, oh geez, I didn't bring a guitar. I'm totally cheesy. I brought a CD. I brought uh, you have a CD you d- uh looks like you have a CD drive. Oh my god, have you been in here before ever? Or have you been on Chris Hardwick's? I've been in here before. Yeah. I, I for was what? on another um another real podcast. Cool. A cooler podcast. No. I'm <gasps> I came on a podcast. Something about eating diner um with was it with Rob? Uh, with Doug and Karen. Yes. Oh, wow. Doug. That's right. Doug. That sounds cool. And I remember Doug because I have another friend who's a comedian who's got the same name as Doug. We've lost Lisa. She's leaving. She's already gotten okay. up. She's... I have a CD. I brought a CD. Oh, my goodness. Feel Thank you. What you feel. But you might have this already. Oh, my God. I have it. No, I've you already can... listened to the entire this thing. Is my one copy. Oh, my God. No, give it to me. You can look at it. I'm looking it's, at it. It's actually like an, a thing that exists in streaming. Oh, my God. But it you can order one CD at a time on Amazon. Oh my god! I've listened to the entire album, and Craig Robinson's good, on right? this, right? It's like, it's, like, it's like a regular record. Yeah, this is like a is it if because you do like family records also? Is this yeah, more this is family? a family. That's, it's like a kids' look, record, family record. I'm swimming you know in Loeb. I'm yes. swimming in Lisa Loeb. But like, I've got you might all, it's not beautiful. No, it love was it. for kids. Yeah. if you didn't know which one is my favorite. Let me give, give this back. Give this I, back. I, Ed Helms is on there. Who you probably know? Ed, Ed. Helms is on there. He plays banjo. Which one was my okay? Well, my favorite one was um oh it was like the real. Maybe Moonstar Pie or That's very like Dolly Partney. I was here. I was actually it was, singing. It was the most emo one. Mm. So there are all these pieces of bread. I was here is the most emo one. That's it's the very, one. It can bring a tear to your eye. The most emo one is the last one. It's a lullaby version of a song called "You Can Count on Me," and it, if you listen to it, it just makes you, it just makes you cry. So how did you get? And into then this? I was like, oh my gosh, that would be perfect. Also, as in inappropriately used like in a uh, a TV show where something terrible happens to somebody and it's just like the saddest song in the background after yeah. there's like a big shoot up even though it's a record for kids but it's it a record be for kids I've been listening to all of your albums all this morning and uh, listening to songs about like oh god there's one where I was like oh my god what happened with a married man you know, oh yeah 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 that was that was a collaboration with another songwriter and it was who? in there I'm not actually it's it's Chad Gilbert Chad Gilbert from the band New Found Glory, who produced oh, the record. Oh, I like him. I've met him before. And then there was one other collaborator who is not credited. Hmm. And it's their story. It's <laughs> and their we weren't allowed to. We weren't allowed. To, oh, so it wasn't your I'm story. Not even allowed to talk about how they're not credited. Oh, that's it's fine. not my story. It's not, okay, good. I was. You like, know, what I was happened? like, this is so crazy because I would never write this story, and I'm not even allowed to. Call, to um, I'm looking at the poster over there with a cat. Oh yeah, meltdown birthday show. I'm like, oh. do you have a cat? 
I have, a, I have one cat. You have one cat, I had two, two kids. Now I have one cat. Two kids, a husband. You got Lila, you got Emmett. Yes. These two beautiful children. I want to talk Very about cute. all these things. We got okay. to get you out of here by 1 30. We've got a lot to cover. Yes. Um, wait, and how do we meet? We met with Ileana, Ileana Douglas. She's, she's my first guest on this podcast. She's awesome. I was Somebody was just asking me, like, how do you know, Alexi, what's going on? And I said, through Ileana Douglas. Yeah. So we've done things together with her a couple times, house concerts. Yeah, these living room shows <clears> where they're like uh, fundraisers for, I don't know what the benefits were for, but they're these fun shows. Oh, Justin Willman, he's done this yes, show before. Yes. Yeah. I just saw Justin at a kid's concert a I did a few weekends ago. Oh, my goodness. I went to his wedding. Oh, he my got, gosh. He got married. It's very exciting. So, oh, yeah. Okay. And my kids started watching Cupcake Wars. Oh. So we see him on there still. On, on TV all yeah. the time? I sort of am in and out of when my kids are watching TV because I'm doing other things in the house. How old are your kids? Four. Four. And almost seven. Four and almost seven. So there's yes. Emmett is seven, right? Emmett is seven. And no, 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 no. Sorry. What? Emmett is four. Let's get this shit and together. And Lila is, uh, Lila's, here's Lila this morning. Here's a picture I'm showing you of Lila. It was, this was actually for Emmett, his breakfast. His, my, my, my in-laws gave us a book about silly food and how you can make silly pictures with your food and stuff. And I saw it, and for some reason I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen this before, even though I realized I hadn't seen it before. Do you like your in-laws? Yes, they're great, okay, and good. they come and they help out, and it's Ugh. wonderful. But I was just like, yes, I've seen it. And then I realized, no, I hadn't seen it. But this morning my son asked me to make this, um, which is like a bagel with a face. Oh, my God. It was God. very cute. And they kept saying, where's the mouth? I'm like, the hole is the mouth. The hole but is the mouth. That sounds my dirty. son wouldn't pose. He was like, no, I know. My- <laughs> okay. Keep it moving. <laughs> I, yeah, I saw some ads up around here. I was like oh, trying yeah. to figure out what the ads meant on Sunset Boulevard. I'm like, oh. what kind of arrangements does sugar... Sugar, sugar, sugar models, sugar models. It's like, oh, that you can get models. You can have arrangements with them. I'm like, oh. I thought, I thought the exact same thing. I was thing. like, I like sugar. Oh. It's like sugar daddy. There's my daughter posing with my son's breakfast. Keep her away from that billboard. That's adorable. Because the she world is trying to like, ruin us as women oh see how cute she looks like um so cute my daughter looks like drew barrymore but um let me show you a picture i I met corinne bailey ray yesterday oh my god who are your your influences when you were police the the band the police i love so much i can't even take it i had two best friends adrian who is also in one of these current pictures because she's one of my neighbors now there's my friend adrian with her baby but we've been friends since between second and third grade this little this girl not that one okay um who's that it's it's a it's a drag queen um yeah but adrian and my other friend margaret who i've been friends with since i was born like our moms were friends when they were pregnant yeah but the three of us loved the police and i was probably most busy doing my homework so margaret knew the most about the police plus she had mtv because her parents let them drill a hole in the wall to get cable and we didn't get to do that until i I was probably in college. But anyway, so she knew most about the band, the police. So she called her favorite member, which was Sting, yeah. bass player. And then my friend Adrian called Stuart Copeland, the drummer, who's awesome. So oh. I got Andy Summers, the guitar player. I was already playing acoustic guitar. You were. But it really led me into like getting my white Fender Strat and my backstage PV backstage amp and sort of being the guitar player. And I continued on so this, doing those things. This all so happened I love because, the police. just because three, just because you and your girlfriends had a crush on this band, and we and, love and their music. And, We're not groupies. No, no, and we you love their music. Clear. Yeah, music. And because you called out who your crush was, that's how you end up playing the instrument you yeah. did in a kind of weird way. Isn't yeah. that interesting? I know. Boy craziness right. can lead to a whole life. I was also playing guitar. I was also playing. She was already doing her yeah, thing. So, guys. But, How dare you? you know, but anyway, and here's Emmett. They were celebrating. My daughter lost a tooth, so they bought cookies and cupcakes to celebrate. Oh my There's god! There's Emmett. And here's Lila explaining. You can hear. Hi, Mom. I lost my tooth, but I really lost it. See, 
I lost it, but I can't find it, so I have to write a note to the tooth fairy Yeah, so she lost her tooth, but she really lost her tooth oh. because you can't find it. Oh, my God. So it's like a double tooth lost. So you do the, how, at what uh, age do you? There she is oh. with her last, second lost tooth. Cute. We were Skyping because I was out of town. I'm going to be like you, Dad. Have you I was like out of town working while she lost her tooth. Have you been touring a bunch? I tour off and on all the time. Yeah. I'm mostly here. But last weekend I was in Nashville making 10 videos oh for my Feel What You Feel record. And we're making the rest here. Um, Why Nashville? Because we got a great production team. The budget was great, and we had the same high-level production we'd have out here, but it was just a much better budget. Yeah. So we ended up with great hair and makeup people, great wardrobe, great you know, gaffers and DPs and ADs and biscuits. Yeah. I had so many biscuits. Where can we find these videos? Um, they're not done yet. When are they they will be done. done. I don't know. I will, we are going to do them as soon as possible. They'll and, be out by the end of the year. And this is with Amazon, right? This is with the Amazon. Oh, that's great. So how, okay. So, so I, I'm like all over the place. I have to confess. Okay. I want to, I have so many questions. I have all these things I want to ask you. Uh, on this podcast, it's called Love Alexi. We have a tendency to talk about <clears throat> love, relationships, romance, yes. uh, feelings, all the stuff, uh, emotional internal spirals and how you get yourself out of them and stuff like that. I have to confess that I was such a huge fan of uh, number one single when you were yes so it was about ten years ago yes you were on a reality show on E called number one single how yes. did, how did this happen because I was obsessed I watched every episode what was this thing can you tell well our- it's funny because you said I was on a reality show it was kind of like pre it was my reality show so. It wasn't like, hey, do you want to be on a reality oh, show? Oh, yeah, like, you're hey, right. We could do a reality sure. show, which is kind of embarrassing to admit, actually. No. Because we, um, I, I had just been through two long, I, I dated two different people, one after the other, in very long-term relationships, like six years. Six years. Six years each. And I was just out of my second long-term relationship. And I think reality shows were just coming around. There was- um, America's Next Top Model, probably. Yeah, they had, they had some of those shows definitely that were um, like reality-based. Like I had even done a, a reality-based show on Food Network with, one of my, with my ex-boyfriend, Dweezil Zappa. So was we that, had a show called Dweezil and Lisa. Was he one of the six years- Yes. Oh my God. And, and you so work with him too? That's amazing. We did before. Got it. That was while we were still dating. But we had this show and it was supposed to be reality based, which is just actually just means lower budget and shooting way more than you'd ever shoot on just a regular produced show in a studio. We were doing what you do in a produced show in a studio, but all over the country, also playing music, also recording. Um, he was writing all the music in the background for the, you know, behind the music that you hear when you're watching the show. And it was just really complicated. But after that, um, somebody approached me and said, hey, you might, we should talk about doing a, a reality show because you're, I think a lot of people would connect to your story. And at first I was very against it because, um, gosh, what's that gal's name who, she was a guest model. She passed away. She oh, was, um, Anna Nicole Smith? Yes, she had a reality show. And reality shows that existed were not nearly what they are today, but they were still kind of over the top compared to Maybe the way you would want to present your own life. Yours was highbrow. It was very. It was very highbrow. I think so. <laughs> but it was. But that. So that was the thing. Like I, at first, I said no. I don't want to do a reality show. I'm actually kind of a private person. I have, you know, my I have my limits. And from what I had seen of other reality shows, that wasn't that wasn't even my reality. So, <clears throat> and I like to downplay things more than make them crazy and over the top. So, I wasn't sure if I'd be a great subject of a reality show. And also, like I said, I was private. But. I did agree after having done that Food Network show that I would, 
I'd experiment. We'd do like a pilot and see what we thought. So I got a production company together. We had a great production company and some friends who would be on on TV with me. And we made a show. And I just wanted to see what it felt like to make the show as a person. Yeah. And see what the product felt like. So we shot in Los Angeles. And it was definitely always like a little push and pull because what you think as a producer that the show is going to look good. You, th- you think the decisions you want to make to make the show look good are not necessarily the things that ring true with the subject of the reality show. Oh, yeah. So I was very much like, oh, no, I won't drink that martini. That's not something I would do. I can't sit there. I won't do that. But, 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 you know, a lot of negativity. But at the same time, I just wanted to present it really. Like you're protecting yourself, yeah, too. So it didn't go. Yeah. And yeah. I was, I was also like, you know, that there is sex in the city and this is kind of like sex in the city, a bunch of gals sitting around talking, but we're not those people. And I'm not Carrie Bradshaw character. So we worked on it and VH1, um, I think VH1 either did the pilot or picked up the pilot, but then they, we realized it wasn't a match because I think they wanted something that was more over the top. But I didn't really want to do that. Yeah. So E picked it up. Oh, wow. And what was great was I had a deal with my production company in New York City called Stick Figure that I, as a producer myself, I was actually going to see and approve all the footage before we passed it along to E. So I didn't get in a situation where, where I'd been in the past where the network gets things that they love but it wasn't quite edited together to tell the story that I wanted to tell. You, you know, you got like final so I got final th- approval in a way. I mean, E had final approval, but I worked with the production company and the editors to hone it down to because you you have a lot of you shoot a lot of stuff when you're making a reality. So you have no show. idea how they could cobble they it together. They could do anything, and and also even while you're shooting it, I, I was working a lot with the producers. I think I drove them a little crazy because I, again, I would say no, I would never sit in that corner of that restaurant and I would never wear that outfitter and I would never you know th- there were a lot of details and and to me the details are what make up people's lives yeah and what connect me with other people who are like me because otherwise I'll connect with people who are not like me yeah. you know so so it anyway we we worked a lot to to make it like you said highbrow in a way it was just it was it, it did have elements of reality shows on tv and that there would be like Eliana Douglas was one of my friends, oh, and you know, um, one of the guys from Queer Eye from the Straight Guy happened to be one of my oh, friends yeah. that I ran into on the street. You know, it was a it was a reality based show. It felt but very it really, grounded. Yeah, but it was more grounded because that's how I am. But I feel like there's a lot of other women, and it was more. Even though I am a musician, it was more about being a working person in my 30s, trying to figure out how you know how to meet somebody and how to find figure out if it's the right person. It wasn't a contest and it wasn't you know i'm gonna meet the guy yeah but it was and it but it was trying to tell the story of the different types of people that you meet that you know how to how to meet people how to be yourself all those things that people go through without being you know the next hollywood women of what were those like wives of Real Housewives. Yes. Of what, it wasn't. Know, it wasn't that. It was, I do it was love more those real. Shows. Yeah, yeah, they're fun to watch. Do you watch sure. them? I when I'm traveling and I turn the TV on by accident, sometimes I end up watching. Them. But you love it. You love it. I can't Just stop kidding. watching, and I can't stop. <laughs> Which is your favorite? I don't even know the difference uh, between them. I have I no love, idea. I love the New York one, but go on. So you, you, I have no. What What are these people? But then I'm like, well, it's an opportunity. Yeah, all of a sudden now they all have like clothing lines and yeah. brands and they use it as a Amazing. platform to whatever. I feel like they could be doing more for charities and stuff like that. Mm. I feel like that they're they're arguing at dinner parties too, they too often. They might be though. They probably do a lot of um, donations and other things. I don't know. But so I remember – okay, so you're, the show is happening and – I remember there are scenes in Los Angeles. I didn't realize Ileana Douglas was on there. That's so Ileana funny. Ileana was on there. Michael Payne's. Michael Payne's was on there. We went to college together too. You did, and yeah. he was like a love interest. But was that yes. real? On the show, you don't have to tell me anything you don't want to tell me, and we can edit out anything like, you want to edit out. But I remember being like, 
is this staged? Because I was watching that episode yesterday where he like kisses you. He's cutting you a piece of cheese. I know this is 10 years ago, but for me, it's like "Mm." yesterday. (laughs) I love that my husband never saw the show. He He, didn't? He never saw the show. Oh, my God. That's Um, hilarious. Yeah, he wanted to come. For a minute, I was like, oh, you should go with me today to the podcast. Because it's at Nerd Melt, which is totally his store. Yeah. And to come see you. And then he's like, I think you're going to talk about guys a lot. Oh, my God. He's like, I don't think I know. He knows. He's like, I think it's, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, well. Okay. Well, you see, okay, so within the show, how many episodes was it? There and, was like oh, 10 episodes or 12 episodes or something like that. Michael Payne, so get yeah, back Michael to Payne's. that. What was that all about? Was um, it real or no? I, I'm not, you I'm not going to talk about it. All right, that. there you yeah, go. You can watch the show and, and decide and for And decide for myself. Okay, but I remember I was watching the show and I remember I was My mom's a, on the show. Your my mom's sister's on the show. Your sister Debbie? Yep, and my okay. friend Stephanie Idelson and my ex-boyfriend Juan, who I'm still really good friends with. You're still really How are you yeah. such good friends with him? We just are. We were we were all always meant to be very close. I'm, I'm friends with his wife as well. They just had a baby. So he um, was the other six years. Yes, oh he my was the God, first one. And we worked together. We made albums together. He takes. Yeah. He took this picture. He's a photographer. He did? He's a producer, but he's also a photographer. He's um, taken like tons and tons of my pictures. Oh, my but God. But I trust him. He takes oh, good that, pictures. Those are beautiful. He's a good photographer. My God! So yeah, you seem like you're a very healthy person. Pretty much. How yes. did this happen? How do you? Are you happy? I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm basically happy. I'm. What does my rabbi say? Happy enough. Happy enough. <laughs> happy enough. But uh, I do ask a lot of personal questions. Feel yeah, free yeah. to like just no, go. Just How think, dare you? But no, I, I think I'm like everybody else. You know, you you. Uh, I I do definitely focus on balance, which means, you know, a, a combination of trying to be who I am, but then be introspective. I mean, yesterday was Yom Kippur, uh, and, and Rosh Hashanah and like spending time throughout the year, not just once a year being introspective and trying to find different, um, different ways to be introspective. And it, and it, I, I can never sort of stick with one thing, but there's different, different practices you can do to think about your life or yeah. how you're acting, how you act with other people. But, but even that being said, you know, I went to Yom Kippur and I was like, I have to be more patient. I need to not snap at people. And then I come home and I snapped at everybody in the it's, house. It's hard. Like, ah, but, you know, just I keep trying to focus. So, so just the way I, I act, the way I think, the way um, I am in my community and my house, you know, just I, it, it's hard. And, 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 and trying to soften up. As a human, you know, it's, it's easy to be tightly wound, especially when you're doing a lot of different things and try to keep it organized and, yeah. and you know, there's a right way in your mind of how to do things. So it's always a push and pull with me. And, you know, sometimes I feel more balanced with it. And sometimes I feel more like, oh God, why did I just say that? And same thing with, with like being healthy. There's certain key things I know that keep me healthy, like getting enough sleep. Now I don't always get enough sleep and then I'm all cranky, but at least I know that's why you know, I ate a whole box of donuts or I'm really yeah. tired or gross or puffy or like, Oh, Whoa. do you meditate? No, but I nap. Nap. I think that's fine. I try to meditate. I have the app. I have an app. Like oh, on the Headspace. Front. Uh, yes, I have Headspace. Uh, no, I have Headspace, but I also have Insight Timer. Insight Timer. I heard about that because I I'm, have it. I've been listening to this thing called Meditation in the City, which is like oh. uh, these talks. Have you heard about this podcast? No. It's from the Shambhala Buddhist Center in New York. And these talks that they give are so smart. And uh, write down. they said, when we read this, Insight what? In, oh, insight it's Insight time. Timer. And which one is yours? Yours well, is... It's called Headspace, but I think... Oh, I have Headspace. But I think Headspace is kind of irritating. I started Headspace and then I was like, it's so cute. But And, and it's too regular. But but it's Insight too... Timer, you choose. Okay. You can choose topics. Uh, wait a minute. Let me see. Home, guided, 
they're guided. I like guided meditation. Oh. You can these all have different um I need guidance. lengths of time, specificity. Like I, I played one the other day that had a very high rating and I had to turn it off because the music was driving me crazy. Oh, well, yeah. Like if there's mouth sounds that are annoying oh, oh, or I was like, thinking to yeah. Ew, I know. I'm like, oh. Oh. I was listening to a conversation from the Buddhist temple, whatever, the guy talking, and he kept sipping his tea like, and I was like, like no. I knew I wasn't doing the work internally because I was like, stop sipping. I, know, I can't always take it. There I'm was like, one guy who I, I think meditate. was British, but his accent was kind of weird, but it wasn't British. And I kept trying to figure it out. It was driving me crazy, too. Headspace? And on Insight Timer. So oh. I just said, oh, I don't want to listen to that one. So I listened to another one. One that was the best I listened to. I was trying to get my t- kids to meditate because they do yoga at school. They do? And meditation is good for kids. Just, you know, it's kind of like getting a massage. If you can keep doing it, you can return to your center more quickly. But I was listening to one of the kids' meditations because it was shorter. It was like eight minutes. And it was a British woman, but a very good accent. I don't remember if there was music, but her images was like was going out in a like a snowy field, which was nice because I've spent a lot of time on the East Coast or in Texas where it actually snows. So imagining being out in that weather and like laying down in a safe way, though, but yeah. laying down and then being a snowman who is melting. And it was so it was like lighthearted calming. and fun, but calming and very in touch with. Your body relaxing, your yeah. cells of your body relaxing. So oh my God. Oh, I, I keep to... trying to do that, but then I try not to beat myself up when I'm not doing it I all the time. I know. You can't be at odds with yourself because then you create even more suffering. The mm. thing is, I get irritated by, I feel like the more, I feel like I'm very conscious. I'm not sleepwalking through life. I see things. Yes. I think I see things clearly. And it makes me more irritated because I <laughs> see all the people who are not considered. or And then it makes me furious then i just watch myself being like angrier than ever like a raw nerve yes kind of do you feel that way <laughs> i i have some of that but at the same time um through the guidance of this rabbi that i the synagogue i belong to this guy rabbi finley mordecai finley um and i think it's a cognitive therapy technique as well I love it's that. just this concept that you you can't control other people which is very frustrating. It's very good when you're dating, but that you can't change or control other people. Like you have to be a hundred percent. Aristotle, I'm not trying to control you. I'm just trying to communicate with you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, (laughs) I'm just trying to communicate. It's like 50%. You can't, you can't come halfway to the table. You have to be all the way, but you can't control the other person. But you know, it's really hard because I don't know the answer. I, I, the rabbi was giving some lecture the other day about it and I want to go. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is great. Like, uh, you know, you just say how you feel. You don't, act out at people you say how you feel like that that made me feel bad i'm just telling aristotle how i feel all the time keep going sorry but then the problem is when there's practicality like aristotle can you um (laughs) i'd love it if you could turn my i'm not saying for you to do this but i'd love if you could turn my headphone mix down and then what if you you're like okay but then you don't do it yeah that's that's what i'm talking about and then you have to do it again you're like can you please turn my mix down and then you just say I can't control him. I'm just going to go over and do it myself. But then all of a sudden you're wanting to just, okay, if I can't control him, but it's something I know I need, I'll take care of myself. But that, that becomes a bad thing. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to figure out those logistics. Yeah. And, and then, you know, time gets tight. Everyone's tired. When you have kids or multiple jobs, uh, things you want to do, traffic in LA, you get really crazy. Um, going back to the relationship stuff, because you – it's just so interesting to see you now and then having, you know, watched this reality show, watched your show. Um, you are now married. You've got a beautiful yes. life. You've got two kids. How did it go? Take me through, you know, you, you were looking for love. You came out of these two, you know, essentially like 12 years of being like a yeah. monogamous relationship. Um, what did you notice when you were on that show? Did you really meet and date people for real? I, and- yeah, I did. I noticed that 
there, you know, again, we and were talking about religion. Yeah. I, I started learning more about Judaism because it was kind of hanging over my head. I have to meet a nice Jewish guy. And I hadn't dated nice. I mean, I've dated a couple, but at the time I hadn't really had a serious relationship lately. Those two long-term relationships were not Jewish. They weren't. And in my head, I was like, but it should be someone Jewish. And then I realized, I, I realized after studying about Judaism more that really, to me, it didn't necessarily need to be a Jewish guy. It just needed to be a guy who had a similar culture, who had the same... Uh, connection with family and values and sentimental, uh, somebody who's sentimental about their life and, um, you know, loves to think about their, has old friends from high school or loves to look at, you know, this is where I used to go to school and this is where we used to get pizza, you know, that kind of, yeah. um, lots of memories. And then I ended up actually meeting a Jewish guy. So that, that was convenient, but, and that worked out pretty well. But, um, so on the show, I dated somebody who was Jewish, and I, I realized through the shooting, shooting the show, and I was also reading a lot of relationship books. Yeah, one of my one? favorites is Charlotte Castle, "If the Buddha Dated." I think I told you that one. Oh my god! If the Buddha Dated, I'm writing it down again. It's a great book. It's Castle K A S L is her last name. Okay, and it's very looking at things the way they are. You know, like we all have been in these relationships where somebody really lets you down, and, or you feel really bad about it, and if it's if it's a letdown in a real way they just treated you somebody treated you really badly and they don't just don't know how to act you know instead of just thinking about oh how can i get them back what am i gonna do what are they thinking what am i thinking what are they thinking what am i thinking yeah just say you know what i don't think this relationship they're not probably the right person for me if i have this level of drama and you're tethering you're actively 50 percent. you're 50 percent part of it because you're tethering yourself to something that's like not right yeah so this book helped me start looking at relationships more kindly and not trying to force relationships i i got much more mature after being in these two relationships i think i i'm good at trying to make people try to make people the way i think they should be oh me too and that's just not really fair you know is that what's (laughs) not fair what what are like from so so the, so those bad things, habits from back in the day. Yeah, I think trying to make people uh, fit into your concept of what a person should be. You like them because they are the way they are. It's like when I signed to a record deal and I make the kind of music I make, and people come see my shows, and then you sign a big record deal, or it happens with TV shows or whatever. Yeah, and they want you to do something different. Yeah, and you're like, but this is why you liked me in the first place. So so you can't do that to other people, and I, I it's very it's it's very important to keep and and it's okay to if somebody's not right for you maybe you really like them or have a crush on them or you dated each other for a a little while it's not necessarily meant to be a long-term relationship that's okay yeah i noticed sometimes i i for a long time i'm I'm just fascinated by people Mm -hmm. and i like i would date people who are totally wrong for me for like a long term or a a partnership or to get married or something but i go i'm so fascinated by them i'm celebrating this person and i want to get out of the habit of that because if it's you want to get married and I, all that, I do and have kids and, and all that while you're on the younger side. That's the only thing. Because the other thing is not listening to other people. There were so many voices about, you know, from parents and friends and society about what's right, what age is right. And, oh, you have to be the same religion or, oh, I, I don't know. I feel like we all have voices in our head about what's right for us. Yeah. And in some cases, those don't apply to us at all. You know, um, Sometimes that that doesn't apply to you at all. Sometimes it's factual. Like there are certain boundaries a woman's body has about having children of your own. There are some facts that it is important to pay attention to. I hate that. Because they are probably um, true. But other things, you know, maybe you do like uh, a guy who dresses up in a, I don't know, 
I'm looking around. Caftan? There's all these pictures. Like, Caftan. <laughs> I don't know. Superhero. <laughs> totally. Um, I don't know. You know, like, you, you have to figure out what's right for you. Yeah. It might not be right for your parents. Do you uh, actively ask all your girlfriends or your sister? How many sisters? You have one sister. I have sister. one sister and two brothers. Two brothers. Oh. Well, so do you ask everybody for their advice or, do, or would that make you more confused getting everybody's advice or do you just listen I do, to your- I definitely ask my, my family and my friends who are wise for their opinions. I, in fact, have one friend in New York. It's very funny. And here in LA, I have a number of friends like this, but a couple in particular who are just no bones. What is it? No bones about no like, They oh. will just, yeah, they'll just tell you exactly what they think. You know, the, it's kind of like the the big sister, you know, very in control big sister who's like, I don't want to tell you what to do. But, but that guy, <laughs> I don't want to tell you what to do. But if this doesn't, you know, if you guys don't get married, then you guys need to break up. You know, like they don't, pussyfoot around and would they give you advice for your last you know your major relationship they're not yeah they're not the person who's gonna say yeah i always thought he wasn't right for you oh, they tell they'll you. just tell you oh which is so nice to have those friends too and and again it just it's more it's more food for thought you know you you consider that you're like hmm and sometimes when they say something to you it really resonates sometimes you fight against it because you really don't agree so i, I think it's important to, to get advice as well but it, well, the other thing I learned when I was making that TV show, because I kept trying to, part of it was for production's sake, but part of it was for my own private life, which was why the reality show worked for me. Um, one of the reasons the reality show worked for me. But what I kept trying to to specify what, you know, a lot of relationship books want you to, to list the things that are important to you. And that book, uh, if, the if the Buddha Dated, was great because it wasn't a hard, fast rules, but they did... You know, you, it was important for you to think about different parts of your life and your values and this and that to see if there were any qualities that were most important to you. What did you decide was most important to you? And, and I realized that one of the most important things that w- to me was that I needed to really feel like whoever I married was one of the gang. This kind of one of the gang feeling. Like I have friends who need to mar- who need to like date or marry a man. You know, like hi, I'm a man, and I'm uh, opening the door for yeah. you. Like, hi, I'm a man. You know, <laughs> yeah. and that's and and that's fine. Or you know, whatever. But for me, I wanted somebody who could hang out, talk, be friends. Yeah. Just be a really good friend. Also musical? be cute and everything. Cute and They musical. don't have to be musical, oh, but wow. just like one of the guys, like, you know, like no matter where we were, it would be comfortable. If you're getting, we were talking about Grace Papaya the other day, like getting a hot dog in the middle of the night or at a very fancy restaurant or at the Grammys or at Burger King or hang. with my grandmother or with somebody's aunt or, you know, yeah, you just somebody you can really hang out with and yeah. be with who is comfortable in any situation, which means somebody who's respectful, diplomatic, um, honest, fun to hang out with, uh, reliable, but not in a boring way. You know, like somebody yeah. you really want to hang out with. So how and did, that's how and and my husband is that person. How so did you really guys? Cool. How did you two meet? Because I, I remember I met him uh, with you at like maybe the yeah, second yeah. Ileana living room show or something. Yeah. Oh no, the first one. Yeah, and you guys. And are, you guys might have known each other too through. You see beer through something. Maybe. No, maybe not. I don't, I don't know. Know. For me, it was like or no people who know people. We have mutual friends, maybe, but you, you two are such a beautiful uh, couple, and it's just such like an ease to. It's just and you know, you're a handsome couple and just very easy. And uh, how did you guys meet? How we this- met on a meeting. We he was looking for a host for a Food Network type show that he he had created, and he was looking for a host. He had made the the um, pilot himself as the host, and he had written it, and it was very funny. Um, and and really good. It was about food. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he was looking for a, a host for it, and I had had a, fo- a show on the Food Network. With Dweezil. So, yeah, with Dweezil. So 
uh, my attorney and his attorney had us meet. And so we met in New York City for brunch. And um, I really liked his show, and I really got along with him well. I think I ate food off of his plate. You did? It was an did. English breakfast, and he doesn't like mushrooms, and I did. <gasps> and then I curtsied and left. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I have a crush on the guy I just had the meeting with. Oh, my God. That was really – that's in a really inappropriate. No. But, yeah, so I met him through a meeting. And then we just, you know, under the auspices of, of a food show, we're like, oh, let's go try this mac and cheese restaurant. Oh, let's go try this. In New York? Yeah, the peanut butter and jelly restaurant. So we, we hung out and got to be friends a little bit. But it, do you think that he – was any part of him setting up this meeting because he also had a crush on you? I don't think he so, never actually. I don't even know if he actually had a crush on me until way after I had a crush on him. But he's a music he supervisor. He won't tell me and he doesn't need to tell me. He's not. He, he's in production. He's, he's in production. He doesn't, he doesn't book – bands but he works with bands which oh. is also good for our relationship because yeah. he he understands totally understands what i do it's not some weird strange foreign like oh my gosh thing but we, he still loves music and it's fun and exciting for us to go see a show or go backstage or you know it's still there's still like a fun and a specialness to that it's not a jaded connection to music but it, it, he understands all the nuts and bolts and he understands you know if i'm out on the road or plugging in equipment. Yeah. <laughs> he understands microphones. Oh my goodness. Um, so how, okay, so that's how you met. And then how did it turn into uh, dating? I think we just, we did, we started going to restaurants like the Mac and Cheese restaurant and the PB&J restaurant and getting drinks and going. Uh, I remember we went to Seth Meyers birthday party once. That was really cool. Yeah. Name dropping. You love it. This is great. Um, downtown. And we just, I ended up, I was living in LA at the time, but I ended up starting to spend more time in New York City. I'd lived there before. And in the back of my head, I was thinking, I got to spend more time in New York. Well, because I'm confused because on the show, I'm not, I will stop talking about number one single at some point, yeah. but it was taking place in LA and New York. Where did you yeah. live then? I don't I know. I lived in LA, but I had lived in New York so much that after we did the pilot for the show in LA, we all just agreed that New York would be a better setting oh, for the wow. show. So, And I was also constantly looking, looking for an excuse to live in New York again. Yeah. So that was a way I could actually live in New York. So I lived in New York during the show, and then I came back to L.A. And then I met my husband. Again, like another wave of, I really should spend more time in New York. My family, A lot of my family's there, even though I'm ba- my family's based in Texas. I still have family and tons of friends in New York, and I just feel at home in New York City. Yeah. So I thought, I should just spend more time there. And I did. And then I, I really tried to ease off touring as much because I was traveling around so much that I started having a crush on, on my husband and we started dating. And I thought, you know, I need to spend more time in one place. So I'm just sort of there. You know, like when you're when you're jetting across the country to date somebody, it's so glamorous. But you just need to sort of be there. Just yeah. sort of be around. Hey, you want to go do this? Yeah, sure. Let's go do that. You want to go see a movie? Yeah. You know, we're... So I tried to slow things down a little bit so that I could really put some time and effort into this relationship. And so, we, yeah, we, so we dated seriously. We moved in together in New York. Oh, and my then, God. Um, the show that he was working for in New York moved to L.A., so he, we all just moved back to L.A., even though I still kept a place here. So how long have you guys been together or how long uh, since you met? It'll be our eighth anniversary in January. You're, we met 10 years ago. 10 years? Oh, so this was like right after number one single because that was, was 10 yeah, years ago. It was about a few years after that or a, a year few, after. I don't remember exactly, but yeah, it was a f- It was right after that. How did he propose? Or maybe you don't want anybody to know he about proposed, that. He proposed. It was, um, we were going to go see ACDC. Oh, wow. And I went to go meet him at work in Rockefeller Plaza and we were going to go eat dinner. No, wait, what were we going to do? 
If you forget this, I swear to God. I don't, I don't remember if we knew we were going to go eat dinner or not. Oh, yes, I do know. We were going to go eat dinner at Scott Conant's restaurant on 14th Street. Um, and we were going to go eat down there. And I said, oh, let's go get in the subway. And he's like, well, no, we should take a cab. And I was like, this guy always wants to take the subway. Like, it'd be so much faster if we just jump in the subway and just go right down to 14th Street and you're, walk over. You're so real. Because it's like it. right there. Yeah. We don't need to take a subway. We were going to eat and then go see the show. So then... I could tell he was like, uh, he had a backpack and it seemed kind of heavy. And so we did take the subway and then walking from the subway to the restaurant, I started noticing we were walking past it or not the exact right direction. And so my heart started beating. I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, he's going to ask me to marry him. Oh my God, you intuitively knew? Yeah, I could tell something was funny. So I was like, this isn't. This is weird. And so I was just talking and talking like I am now. I couldn't stop talking. I love it. And I was like, I have to stop talking, but I could feel my heart beating. So we walked actually to the Maritime Hotel, which we'd spent a lot of time at the Maritime at the bar. And I stayed, I used to stay there a lot. That's where I was staying when I first met him. So we went, there was a fireplace at the Maritime and he had his boom box in his backpack. That's what it was. And he played me, that was why it was so heavy. And he played me um, a Lionel Richie song. I think he played All Night Long. I'm pretty sure. I think he played it all night long. Just because you can't remember does not mean she does not love you. No, no, no. It's, okay. It was because there's a couple of, of Lionel Richie songs we listen to a lot. <laughs> but I before he proposed, I was like, um, I have to go to the restroom, and I had to get some water because I couldn't. I was just like, oh my gosh. So I went to the restroom. When I came back, he had two little star. This is a perfect place to tell the story yeah. at Nerd Melt. Um, <laughs> two little figurines from Star Wars. Uh, I think it was Han Solo and Princess Leia. I was going to say Luke Skywalker, but that wouldn't make sense. Oh. It was Han Solo <laughs> and Princess Leia, little figurines, and then all night long in the boombox, and he asked me to marry him. And I was just trying to be, like, shut up so I would let him talk. And then I said yes, and I had my ring, and then we went to a fabulous dinner, and then we went to see ACDC, and I did my, like, rock and roll hands with my ring on at the show. Oh, my God. I know. It's crazy. That's incredible. It was, it was great. And did you know, like, why this guy? How come this is the guy? You know, you're he in these... He was cute. Okay. He, I, I liked him. <laughs> he was cute. No. <laughs> but, you know, like, you have to be attracted to somebody. But you were in two other things, six years each. Yes. And then this guy He's gets cute. you. Yeah. Like, how, cute. how did he end up being, like, the father of your children? Why this guy? Well, let me tell you. Yeah. Here's a science oh. book. Yes. Um, oh, Storks. Okay. Yeah. He... Because he was... He was Somebody I was immediately attracted to. I also like talking to him about all different kinds of stuff. We could talk about all different kinds of things from we had a similar sense of humor. Um, I know one of the first things he sent me, I think it was on my birthday when I was living in L.A. He sent me a, a, a loaf of Wonder Bread, a jar of peanut butter because we had been on a peanut butter jelly date. Yeah. A, a jar of peanut butter, a jar of fluff and a, and a little card that said, you know, uh, was it unicorns or rainbows? Rainbows or assholes? Or like unicorns or assholes? And it was just like, oh my god, this is a perfect gift. He must like me. Oh my god, he mailed it I to think, you. Was it rainbows or assholes or unicorns or assholes? I feel like it said rainbows or assholes, but it had a picture of a unicorn. Anyway, it was very, very perfect. It was so sweet and thoughtful, and it was, you know, it had the perfect. And it's funny, I'm looking at my new record. With all it's the bread, all pieces of bread with different. Uh, it's a sign. Different feelings. It's a feelings chart made up of breads. But the, the middle bread is blank. You can put your own feeling on that one. Um, 
that was that's a whole psychological thing. I wanted to make sure there was a plain piece so that when you looked at it, that's for me. You, that's my you, spot. You yeah. sort of in your brain, you're like, oh yeah, yeah. Oh wait, what is my what is my emotion? Yeah. But anyway, so we had the same sense of humor. He was very close with his family. He was really good friends for, with his childhood friends, just like I am. Um, he happened to be Jewish, which was like an extra bonus. It wasn't it wasn't the you know the main point, but it was something that was that was definitely good. Um, he got along with my friends. I got along with his friends. His his job is interesting to me. What he does, what he's interested in doing, being in TV production and production, and he's sort of a behind the scenes kind of person. And I really identify with that. I'm very much, even though I'm a singer and I'm on stage a lot and in front of the camera, I also am very connected to the behind the scenes, to all the the art direction and. Uh, Everything I do, I'm involved in all the different elements, you know, recording and producing. And so, so I don't know, we're very both like nuts and bolts people. And, and just, I don't know, we just understand each other's lives. Um, he seems like respectful too. He seems oh, he's like very a, like, respectful. There's so many douchey, hor- like you drive by that billboard on Hollywood, I'm <laughs> like, not, mm-hmm. on Sunset with the, with the yeah. sugar models, and you're like, ew, who are these fedora wearing creepy? I know. Well, he would look at it in the same way, and we both Ugh. would think like, Ooh, we should like f- make a documentary or like find out what this is. You like, know, like what is it? I only, yeah. almost want to see because I want to see what men are on there, so I know to avoid them. But, but <laughs> that, and and so your marriage and like your partnership is like something other women can look up to, or or they can look at and go, "Oh, that's hopeful." Yeah, because it's hopeful. You got to find somebody you can really get along with. I mean, it definitely relationships, whatever they are, long term relationships. You you have to keep learning how to communicate and, you know, things that might be, oh, we loved going out drinking and this and that. Like now I'm married with two kids and I have to wake up really early in the morning. I'm not exactly that same person who's... Did you used to be going yeah, out all like night and drinking? And... Not all night, but you know, you're yeah. in New York City, you're, drink, you're having drinks, it's four in the morning. Yeah. You're like, well, I'll wake up at 11 because I'm a night owl. Yeah. Now I'm still a night owl, but my family is not a night so owl. You get so sleepy. I have to actually yeah. s- go to sleep and wake up. So, you know, trying to coordinate... But I think that's just being a grown-up. Yeah. Did he woo you? Do you, do you uh, subscribe to old school things where it's like, did he pay for dinners and pay for the stuff? Like, how does that work that in this modern That was also time? in this reality show, that was an issue because for me, I always feel like the dad. I'm always like, oh, I'll, I'll get it. I'll pay. And oh, like, no. Slap the guy in the back like, oh, I got this. Yeah, you tell know? me about that. What do you- I'm like, well, you know. Because we're feminists. Especially in my 20s and 30s, I'm like, I'm a professional and I, I don't mind chipping in. And I'm a feminist. I went to a girls' school. I went yeah. to Brown University. I'm a woman. Yeah. Um, I need to pay. But then I did learn through that process of dating a bunch of different people that I I needed, and, and on the TV show we emphasized it, I needed to let somebody, I needed to see that they could take care of me. Yes. And, and, and symbolically, that can just come through somebody paying for you for dinner. I'm from Dallas. I appreciate when somebody opens the door for me. Me too. I open the door for somebody else. I... I need to learn to ask for more help. Can you please carry the groceries, that kind of stuff? But I feel like even though that's very old school chivalrous behavior, I do feel like if a guy knows how to do that kind of stuff, even if it might be an equal response, financial responsibility or might the guy might not even have most of the financial respo- responsibility, in the dating process, I feel like it's important. I, it, you know, women can figure it out for themselves. But for me, it was important that I felt like somebody could take care of me and symbolically I learned – the guy has to pay. The guy has to pay for dinner. You know, like, even it doesn't have to be like a $300 dinner, but you, you want to give an opportunity for them to, to reach for their wallet and pay for the food I or agree. to pay for the cab or to take you out. You know, it's very old school, but to me, that feels that that's something that feels 
you feel like the guy at least is trying to take care of you because most of us are still from the generations where symbolically that means you're going to somehow take care of this other person, you know, whether it's emotionally, physically, financially. It, I don't know what I, that is. And I believe in equality, but, you know, things aren't exactly uh, – they might be equal, but they're not – the two equal parts that might weigh the scale equally might not contain the same items and responsibilities and – Yeah, and this is – I mean, God – relationship, you know? And this is even just for heterosexual relationships. I wouldn't even know what it's like to be in a different – you know what I mean? Oh, that's it's, true. Because, You're right, because then it's like who's paying for who – then, then I guess if it was a – I don't know. I, I, I guess it even, would just be – uh, it'd be a good question to ask because generally before I had that feeling that I, I literally had had people lecturing me saying, you need to make, sh- you need to let them pay. It's true. I agree. You need to let them pay. And I was like, oh God, I can't, this feels so bad. I can't let somebody else pay because I should be paying half because that's what's fair. Um, it's so confusing. This is like this weird shades so of I don't gray. Know. It's like these shades of gray and there are contradictions in feminism and stuff. And And I... And I, t- you know, I want. I, I've talked about this before in past episodes, where right. it's like, yeah, of course, I want equal pay, and I want, you know, all this stuff. But when it comes to like a man and a woman, and the woman's going to have a baby, and she's not going to get paid leave, and she's going to be yeah. held up for nine months, you know what I mean? Well, that's so, the other thing. Like that, it, that really, it's a the real- reality is a, a huge issue, and I think. Even with men, like my husband's very, very involved with the kids and very I, – I go on tour many weekends and days. And he he's like so hands-on. He does everything. But there's just – it also might just be – I don't know. I, I Women – and I've talked to a lot of women about this. I think they just pay attention to other details or for some reason – for some reason they know the list of classes that the kids are taking and where that one sock is. And I don't know. I don't know what that is. I, I don't know if that's a – I don't know what that is, but it would be interesting to talk in same-sex relationships, like, and uh, that'd be a good question. I would like to hear. Yeah, I, I always talk about how like behind. maybe it's more like a, a sort of, and I hate to say it too, like dominant and or you know, there's or different masculine, qual- or masculine, feminine. There's some kind of qualities there that whether you're same-sex or I, I wonder if there's always something that yeah. that that a different range of feminine masculine range i don't know i know well i listen i'll have to i'll, I'll figure it out it's for another podcast i'll figure all that out maybe mm, but that's uh a good question what about waiting because that's what i'm you know i'm talking again like i've been talking to all these very like cool girls who are very strong in their lives and we're talking about you know how to find the balance in our romantic lives and and uh I'll, i've talked to one girl and she's like a in very intense like uh sex positive as they've been saying a lot lately it's a very sex positive girl is very like you know but she. What does that mean? I sex heard that. positive. That sounds like sex, HIV positive. No, I know, I know, like, totally. Well, so I, got, I can't stand like, this phrase. Like, oh, it's he so, just has sex. No, it's like it's like uh, I'm not embarrassed to to have sex, and I'm I, I like sex. I'm a woman, and women are allowed to like sex. Sex positive. That's like this yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't stand this phrase. I feel the exact same way right, you do. So where, it's just like it's so not it just, a big deal. It just you, means, and then there's like phrases like slut shaming. Now, have oh, you heard right, all these right. phrases? I've, I've heard that a little bit, but I think I read over it really quickly. They're very irritating. They're not applied to me neither. Because I feel like I've always done what I wanted to do, and I've always been very like free and wild, and paid paid attention to my whatever I want to do I do it and I think deeply about the decisions I make so I don't yeah, you know, so I don't it's, it's I, like a modern feminist yeah you so know, I, like I can wear a super short skirt I decided I want to I, I want don't care. to yeah like, but there are all these uh, words now in, in pop culture that are like to to explain away everything and there are all these labels so it's like kind of irritating and exhausting but so my friend and I were talking about uh, you know dating nowadays and you can be very uh, proud of your sexuality and be a sexual person or whatever yeah. but there's something to be said for waiting 
Like that, you know, you just completely meet, waiting, uh, like I, waiting. For, so, uh, no. like if young girls were listening to you, give them advice, like a big sister. How young? I don't know. I mean, not like six year olds. I'm saying like, let's say like some, you know, an 18 year old girls is dating. It's sort of like a mature, like a, like a get college age. Maybe a college age and like she's dating or women in their 30s I would or 20s. Say for especially people who are not ready to have children. They really need to, to be very careful. Oh, if they're yeah. not, if they don't want to get pregnant, they need to be very careful not to get pregnant. Well, I just mean for like relationship wise. But for like, relationship wise, I how think, long should you wait? Should you when I is think too you have soon? To figure it out yourself. You do. I think you figure it out yourself. I think you you. Um, I, I do think that I do. Uh, that's a good question. Now it's even because more I confusing. do feel like you, and and it comes back to the pregnancy again. And this is very conservative, and I'm not a very conservative person. But when I think about it, like if you're going to have sex with somebody, it's like the movie Knocked Up. If you're going to have sex with somebody, you need to be prepared to have a child with that person. Oh, that's a good point. Or to have a child. I don't know if you're going to stay with that person. Like it's a big responsibility. You cannot use, you know, abortion as like a birth like, control. Oh, yeah, it's not birth control. Yeah. It's a serious, serious issue. And so, as a as a grown up with a basically organized put together life and you've got if you can have an apartment or a roommate or this or that you need to be really so there's that issue that's a big issue but other than that i feel like i don't know like respect wise i don't know i think that you i mean it's also your experience the person probably i mean yeah people can have sex with somebody it's like a fun funny thing or they're serious about this person and they need to get to know them. But that's a pretty intimate thing to have sex with somebody. Yeah. So I would say it's up to the person themselves. I think for the most part, and then again, this might be sexist. I think for women, you really need to get to know a person and trust them. Yeah. That's pretty intimate. Because I think it's gone the full, whole, whole other way. I just use the word intimate. I love but it. It's very, it is. It's very, I mean, it's a really big deal. Like but People are so casual Can you have a conversation now. with somebody while you're sober? Yeah. Does that matter? Maybe, maybe not. But then there's the there's the real issue of biology. Like, might you get pregnant? Yeah. And then what? And then you're in a re- d- deeper relationship with the person. I don't know. That's not. Uh, uh, it's a hard question to ask. What? I think waiting in terms of. I was thinking when you said waiting at first, I thought you meant like not just having married. fun and doing this and that and uh, not not waiting to get married till you're much older. Oh, I didn't mean that, but I want to talk about that, that too. Because that's a whole other thing as that well. That is a whole other thing. And yeah. then you just have to look at like the facts. How old are you? How much longer can you have kids? Do you actually want to have your own kids or not? Uh, if you do, you need to like check with the doctor to see how your body looks, if you know or not, what, how your body's doing in your reproductive system. I'm thinking, yeah, I want to ask, I definitely want to get to that because I'm in that point in my life where I'm like in my mid-30s and I don't have a boyfriend and I'm not ready to have kids and I want to wait till... You're never going to ever be ready to have kids. You're never... I mean, I don't have a... People are not ready. uh, There's so many of us who are never ready to have kids. Yeah. But then you have them and you're like, oh my God. I don't want to miss out. I don't want to age out of the thing. That's the thing. I'm 35 years old. It's very, very unbelievable. It's like science fiction. You're on a whole other... You think the future would have caught up or something with like, I don't know. I just feel like women are so driven and we want to, we're like very tapped into our masculinity. Maybe that's politically incorrect to say. But, no, but we're it's like, true. like we you do all these things. You're curious about life. You're living your life. You're doing all these things. Like you're so, you're so busy. I mean, I got it. Like there's like the, the camp foundation, coffee, eyewear, uh, albums, family albums. Yes, doing lots of uh, things. all these things. And then, but then for me, I had to have a relationship with my husband yeah. and our family that is a supportive system so that I can continue to do what I want to do. Like every once in a while, I think my mom's like, well, you know, well, I would have never been able to, to do that. You know, I, I would have never been able to go on tour. I'm like, 
oh gosh, that's true. Oh God, I'm going on tour that I shouldn't be able to do this. Like who's going to take care of my kids? I'm like, oh, right. We agreed on a life, my husband and I, where he will help take care of the kids if I have to go on the road. And I, and I try to book a lot of, most of my time I, I spend with my kids at home. You know, I, I'm very careful about the jobs that I choose to do. But that's important for people in their 30s too. And that's what, that was my hip. That was the reality show. Are you okay? Was, you know, if, if this is important to you, even just having a serious relationship, not even getting married and have kids, but just having a serious relationship. What does that mean? What kind of changes do you need to make in your own life to make space for that? You do. You have to make changes in space for that. You do because go. you you could do endless things. Oh my god! So right now I'm trying to take a year off dating, which also, but now I feel like that's ridiculous because I'm usually like a habitual dater. But now I'm thinking, wait a minute, what's wrong with dating? But you also might want to take a year off of dating if you need to get to know yourself. That's what I feel like I do. And like you need to like get your space together and sort of just settle down. It's like when you shake up a snow globe, all those little pieces just need to like. Come down. Yeah. You need to get rid of all the stuff in your house. Yeah. You need to sort of think about who you are, what you want, what what are your values. Read that book, If the Buddha Dated. I will. Answer all the question and answers. I will. And then you're like, okay, I, I, I thought I needed one thing, but I actually want something else. Or you know what? I want exactly what I thought I wanted. Yeah. Figure out what's right for you. Well, ay, ay, ay. And you didn't – so, Okay. Oh man! So I was asking about the, about the sex stuff. I was just saying, like, there is. A, do you think there's a real, uh, like, waiting to have sex with somebody gives the the relationship a better chance, right? If you were serious, it's it's old school thing. If you're serious, if you think you're going to be serious about the relationship, you should probably wait okay. to get to actually know them to see if you could actually speak to them yeah. in the morning after you're done with your drinks. You know, in, yeah. uh, you I have know, to learn how to do that because I'm such a people pleaser, and I think, yeah. oh, I like sex. I'm a, I'm a woman. I'm empowered, and then I I move too quickly. Even like for me, like a third date or a fourth date is is waiting, and I I want to get out of the habit when this year is up well, because I want to yeah. learn how to just be like, no, I don't want to do that. And that's okay, like and be able to stand, speak up, and also, communicate. That's like a very um, people pleaser. What's the word? It's it's very visceral, and it's very. You know, it's kind of like when you're starving and you, you're like, oh, my God, there's a box of donuts. Yeah. Donuts. And then you eat them. And You just and said then, you ate a whole box of donuts. Yeah. I, I, I eat a lot of donuts. Okay. But, but like I used to. I don't eat as, as many okay, anymore. Cool. I, I, eat, I eat donuts with a knife, so I eat a piece and then everybody shares it. Well, keep giving me life advice. Um, okay. But anyway, so you get to the donuts and you eat the whole box of donuts and then you realize Ugh. that was... You know, you you regret it because you. It's not because donuts are bad; they're it's awesome, unfulfilling. but it's too many. It's unfulfilling, and you weren't able to like see if you're actually hungry or full. Like you, I think if you're serious about a guy or another person, you need to get to know them better. Yeah. If you're, if it's just fun, then do whatever you want. Okay. Whatever feels comfortable, and like you said, all those quick decisions you make. Uh, make them well. Now, there are situations where you think it's just fun and then you realize it's more serious. Oh, yeah. Sometimes with that, you take a few steps back and you say, or or at least you're aware of it. I think just the awareness is, is helps a lot. No. And not confusing being attracted to somebody to having a good relationship with them. Yeah. I've been hearing a lot from other girls where they're saying, because uh, I love talking about this yeah, with all my girlfriends. Say? Well, they also say there's other advice that trickles in uh, are, you know, the man has to love you so much more than you love him. And I'm like, well, that sounds horrible. But, you know, the happy medium. I think the man loving you more than he loves than you love him. I think it goes back to uh, the other example of the guy paying or the other person paying. I love this. You want that feeling of that somebody's going to take care of you. Even if you don't need a man, you know, he's like a guy. Yeah. You want the feeling that somebody's going to take care of you. And then that also goes back to if and when you do have children – it is a lot of work Ugh. and it is a lot of 
it's just it's, it's a lot, and a lot of the work falls on the shoulders of the of the woman, or the nannies nannies and babysitters <laughs> that are that you know that's like a whole other salary. Yeah. But you know, like it just it falls on the le- it it just the woman ends up having a lot a lot of responsibility. So you want to make sure that the guy can go, you know kill a dragon and bring it back for you or I want a dragon killer yeah, that's exactly you know? what I want well so and and uh again you rely on and the other person a yeah. lot yeah and so that's an example of being able to rely on them yeah I feel like uh most of my dating experience has been sh- taking care of the other person because I want them to I, I do what I want them to do for me so I like yeah, and I don't want to do that I don't want to do that you anymore. can't do that especially if it starts feeling weird and you feel like it's not being reciprocated um, and if you want a long-term relationship with them yeah what was lacking in the other – none of my business, again, feel free to just tell me to fuck off. But uh, what was lacking in the two six? Were you just too young or you weren't ready or you are more about career that, that you found in it this just, relationship? Wait, I'm not going to talk about it. Okay, good. There you go. Good. So See? We're communicating. Yeah, okay. So okay, so I did tons of research, copious uh, amounts of research. Um, cornucopia. A cornucopia of research. I thought about a cornucopia when you said that. When I talk, and I saw you on uh, – you know, you're on Oprah's network. You're on uh, OWN yes. talking about uh, – you know, having a baby later mm, in life because yes. you're still so young, super vibrant. But for women, it's so irritating that we have to worry about like, oh, my God, this is like an actual yeah. like thing. We have to. Th- <clears throat> so how if you don't mind me asking, how old were you when you had your first baby and what did that look like for you? I was 41. You were 41 when you had your first baby? And my second one, 44. 44. 44. And- oh, my God. How old am I? Don't talk about it. Well, we're not talking um, about that. How dare you? Yeah, I, I uh, in my what- late 30s, I started... Mid to late thirties, I started going to the doctor and saying, "Hey, is there information that I should find out about myself? Yeah, so that I know, like, is this even possible?" And they can do blood tests to sort of see your fertility, and this and that. So that that's something I would definitely suggest. I was very lucky that somehow my so one doctor said, like, you know, you can't tell how young your insides are based on how you look. Um, this doctor in New York who was on my reality show. Oh wow! Um, and and I was like, oh geez, because people always think I'm younger than I am based on my face. Um, but luckily for me, it did. It was on the inside it, as well. Yeah, everything was okay. But you know, it. it sometimes I know people in their twenties who've had trouble getting pregnant. There's all different levels of fertility things I found out about. Things that you can do to enhance your fertility. Tell us while you're. I don't know what they're called. Okay. You have to talk to the doctor. Okay. I forgot. I totally <laughs> forgot what they're called. But you can ask your doctor. There are different ways, levels of enhancing your fertility. Um, different drugs and things like that, different ways to keep track of your cycle so that you know when you're supposed to try to get pregnant, um, different things they can do for your uterus to try to make it healthier while you're trying to get pregnant because there's all these different stages of getting pregnant and being pregnant. And in all those different stages, there's different things that doctors can do to help bolster your body. So it's important, you know, you can find out yeah. um, from your doctor. So that's, I would say, be proactive if you are concerned and in, you're in your lower to mid 30s or if you're 32 and you're like i'm never gonna do this till i'm 40 if you know that start freezing eggs start the freezing egg eggs. freezing i think technology is much better now than it was Ooh, whoa it just splashed happened? water everywhere um Exciting. the egg freezing technology i think is a lot better now and it's always getting better it's not foolproof but it's better i think fertilized eggs freeze better than oh like freezing an embryo yeah. i have a lot of girlfriends who are yeah who are in With their like donor egg what do they do donor or they have a boyfriend or a husband but they're not ready because they're working yeah so yeah, they freeze embryos and that has more likelihood of like Exactly. So you, interesting? there's all kinds of research, but I, I will say that, you know, if you're if you really are considering getting married and, and being pregnant, 
and all those things or, or just getting pregnant. Although I will suggest having a partner is very helpful. I want that. Um, you have to focus on it. You do? So wait, so should I take the year off dating? Should I should I keep my eyes open? I don't know. I just want to meet a nice person and not these boneheads. Well, right now I'm just like Are your exes listening saying like I am not a bonehead? Oh god, who cares about them? Let them rot. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, it was a timing thing probably and I think I make bad choices. I I uh I don't know. Do you know what you should do? Tell me. It's just go out and at here at Nerd Melt like at a certain time and there's like all these interesting people will come around and look for their comic books and action figures oh yeah those are the good guys they're really right. interesting and they have interests go to amoeba amoeba oh my god i love lisa There's love like really is telling nice me inter- go to like places where you think interesting people would be whole foods whole i always say whole foods which whole one foods, well tell I don't me actually, where to go you might, i don't know that's a good question because there might be too many actory people no offense Ugh, to actors no i'm so with you but, but go to a place where there's not as many actory people but where there's still a lot of like maybe what's is there one near Century City with those Century. high rises? Although that okay. might be a lot of agents. Lot of no lawyer. offense to agents. Oh god! But like you know, where do single lawyer? You know, people who have jobs that Lawyers, are interesting or production doctors. people. Production people are great. Production people. You know, go to Whole Foods or Trader Joe's. I need you and your husband work, to set me up with somebody. You and your husband. Setting up is good. Yeah, that's true. You guys should totally do that. I'm a. Hmm, we I'm, know some nice people. I'm working very hard. I got my whole life happening. Yeah, you, know? you need to go where people that you might like are going to be, and, okay. and places that aren't with disco lights. Or no disco. No strobe lights and no dating. You know, apps. just no no fancy clothes. You know, just where people are themselves. No dating apps. What do you think about that? Are you? Oh, I don't. I'm not opposed to dating. You're not apps. opposed to dating no. apps. Right. No, I know a lot of people who've had serious have serious relationships through dating apps. Oh. I don't know if, which apps they are. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think that's okay. Or. Or it's not bad to go early to certain bars and restaurants where real people go, not like a hookup places, but just, yeah, you know, where there's like, there's a place in um, Studio City called Augustine that our friend Dave Gibbs opened and it's a wine bar. It's like Sherman Oaks or Studio City. And it's just cool, nice, interesting people who live in Studio City. It's not so loud. You can't talk to each other. There are areas where people naturally gather and you could talk like at the bar or I think there's like a little fireplace piano area where people just while they're waiting for their tables, they drink or have an appetizer. Those kind of places where you, you know, you might run into somebody. Yeah. And keep your eyes open. Keep my eyes. Okay. I'm going to keep my eyes open. Oh my God. Well, we got it. San Jose airport. What? (laughs) There's lots of entrepreneurs or or Burbank airport. You know, people going to. I love this. You know, interesting (laughs) trade shows or trade shows oh my god i can't wait to blast this and on social ask media everybody lisa you know, love giving me love advice ask people okay ask, ask aristotle Do he's nice he's 23 uh, or 24 24 ask if he knows any like grown-ups he's been oh my god well he's been in a seven-year relationship he's 23 okay oh god i got uh oh man well, i'm gonna try to land this plane but i have to ask you this question that you're probably so sick of answering okay i'm asking you anyways because i've never had you on my podcast Okay, it's okay um stay Yes. How did this happen? So I, I read about it. I will so, stay. No, okay. Oh my that goodness. The question. How That's did you? How did this uh, end up? Because you are the like, you had a, a hit a hit song without yes. being on a label, right? Number one on the hit parade, as my dad would say. Number one. Um, on the number hit one parade. on the hit parade. I tell me the story of Stay and Reality Bites. I wrote and how the song happened. Stay. I graduated from college. I went to Brown. Um, that's important because I graduated, moved to New York City, and I had a lot of friends in New York City who had moved to the city from Brown. And um, one of my friends was Josh Hamilton, who's an actor, and he was in a movie called Alive, where it, the big plane full of soccer players With Ileana. Ileana was Ileana. Yeah. She was the gal in the movie. A tapestry. And all these guys. And so in New York City, 
Josh introduced me to his friend Ethan Hawke and all these other guys who were in that movie and also in Dead Poets Society because all those guys kind of hung out with each other. Yeah. And Ethan ended up being one of my neighbors and we just hit it off. We were good friends. And um, along the way, he asked me if he could he could get a recording of my song Stay. And there's a whole longer story having to do with the movie and music in the movie. He plays a band. He plays in a band in the movie, Reality Bites, and they were looking for songs for his band to play. And the production company asked all these different bands to write songs for his band play called I'm Nothing. The song was going to be called I'm Nothing. And I wrote one and the guy from the Violent Femmes wrote one and Dave Perner wrote one and all these different people. I think they chose Dave Perner's. Anyway, that song didn't work out, but they asked me for other songs and Ethan specifically wanted me to give him a recording of my song Stay, which I played at my shows and people always requested it. And I just recorded it in New York City with my band in an apartment on, 40, on 52nd Street. With Juan Patino, who took these pictures. Oh, um, but was he your was boyfriend the, at the time? He was. He was my producer boyfriend, although we like to separate them and uh, not tell people that we were dating so that we didn't diminish our production relationship, which was very... It seems magical. It was a very high-end relationship. Yeah. I mean, a working relationship, and we didn't want to diminish that. Anyway, so we had just made the song stay with my band in his apartment. We passed along a cassette tape to Ben Stiller, and Ben thought it was right for the movie. I mean, and there's a long story with that. Like Ben and Stacey Sher, who was one of the producers, were supposed to go meet with the band U2 in Ireland to show them the film to see if they would put their song and U2 had to cancel. So then Ben and Stacey ended up coming to see my band play that night. So they were especially excited. And they put the song Stay into the Reality Bites movie. And the record company, RCA, put the song on on the soundtrack with other bands like Crowded House and Dave Perner and... Uh, violent, femmes. violent femmes and all these different bands, and um, and this radio station down in in uh, Texas and Houston started playing the song on the radio, and it became a huge single. And I wasn't actually signed to a label; I had my song on the soundtrack, but I was an unsigned artist, and it went to number one. Oh my god! It's crazy. Still one of my favorite movies. So it's very exciting. Thank you. Thank yeah, you for, it's funny. Thank you for answering a question. And I know I, I was uh, watching. And some... I still love playing the song. You know, I'm, I'm playing it at a school benefit on Saturday night. Um, with the Foo Fighters. With the Foo Fighters. I know. It's going to be awesome. Well, so many of your songs are about love and uh, it seems like longing or, or I was listening yeah. to all your songs. Has <laughs> has that changed now that you're like, you know, I know you write family albums and, and songs for children and you've got all these things happening. But do you feel like a big part of you doesn't need to work through maybe emotional turmoil like you did when you're single and dating or figuring it out? That's a really good point. You know, I... I don't know if I, I have been doing a lot more kids and family music because I think maybe being a parent or maybe because I've been making music music for so long and the world the way it is, I feel like music can have a positive aspect, a positive, not aspect, a positive effect yeah. on people and the community. And and also in a, in a logistical way, I often end up playing in front, I like it at fundraisers or um, events that have a positive message. And I... And I don't have that song that's that positive song. So it's a big challenge for me to try to figure out how to write those songs. And some of them actually end up being kid songs. Some of them end up being family songs. Um, but it's not like a love lost song. It's about being yourself or having hope or, um, you know, being able to respect other people. And a lot of those end up being kind of more family friendly songs. That being said, I have been writing along the way for my next grown-up record, and I do end up drawing on my own experiences or things that I read or my collaborators about love. And, you know, you still go through ups and downs, even though it might not be about that one relationship. Yeah. But 
you know, I still have, I still know what things feel like, even though I might not, um, being, you know, some, there might not be some guy who's like, what's the word? Like spiraling, spurning, spurning, no, spurning, spurning you on or something. What's the word when they like, somebody's giving you a really hard time or it's making your life really hard because this guy's not treating you right. I don't have that. Yeah. But there, there are situations where I feel like somebody's not treating me right, you know, and I, and, and it turns into a love song. Yeah. So I still write like that, but, but it is a sort of a relief to not always be writing about that and to, to have this whole other, whether it's my kids' musical theater thing that we did, uh, we had, I had a musical theater show called Camp Capuana or my kids and family albums where I get to write about pancakes and monsters and, and, and ice cream cones and things like that. Yeah. Was well, it a big relief not to be – not that you're ever suffering, but I feel like when you're single and you're dating and you're feeling all your feelings and you seem like you, you feel so deeply about things, it's uh, – have it, you reached a new level of calm where it's like – because I know being married doesn't seem like it's, yeah. it's not an ending. It's still no, a it's thing you, have to, you still have to work at. It. People always think it's an end. Oh, if I get married, I can wrap it up like a bow. But it's like – it seems like – no, it's like a living, breathing organism. Yeah, it is. And then once you get into the marriage, the cra- it's like a craft and a skill to be in a relationship and figure out how that works and – um, it's just a different level. It's a different, not a better level. It's just a different, it's just another stage in your life. You know, it's just like with your career, you know, you, you're starting out and then something big happens and, and what's big then might be totally different from what's big later. Yeah. And, and at each stage, you know, you forget like, oh, wow, I have my own apartment or I have a car or, uh, you know, I, yeah. I, I know how to put on my eyeliner now. Like it's, you know, you get to these different levels and, and, um, so that I think that's just life, like continuing to try to move forward and hone in on those things and figure out what's working, what's not working, and how to make it work better. It's interesting. I've been watching a lot of just for fun romantic comedies, even though I know better than to think. You know, I, I know there's like a kind of a dangerous thing about romantic comedies. Like I love like Matthew McConaughey. Uh, whatever. Oh, yeah, I watched Kate You've Hudson. Got Mail recently oh my God. on the airplane. Love these things. <laughs> it was so good. They're so good. I feel like they're kind of dangerous because they plant the seed. Because I feel like for my entire life, I've been waking up in the morning subconsciously thinking. Maybe maybe today's the day that I meet the the love of my life. You know, but like, you might. You just need to have your eyes open. Oh, have, have my eyes open. But I, the thing I was going to say about romantic comedies, the funny thing is that people don't always remember is uh, it just takes you up into the point where the couple gets together afterward, and then that's when yeah. the movie ends. You never really know what's going to happen. No, you don't. You know. Yeah, but and what do you do to keep your eyes and your heart open? Tell me. No, I'm asking you. What are you doing? <laughs> Lisa like, what are you doing? I mean, right now I feel a little bit shut down. Like I'm protecting myself and I'm very like internalized. Maybe I'm eating more than normal, but uh, okay. I don't know. I have my eyes open. I'm, I'm talking about meditating. Maybe I'll actually meditate. <laughs> yeah, do, I know. Me too. We should just like push stop on the recorder and just sit here just for 15 here minutes for and just 15 minutes, breathe. you know? Yeah. Um, I think I'm val- learning to value myself more, like about waiting to have sex. I, yes. The reason I bring that up is because uh, I think I'm kind of doing this kind of internal work where I'm like, oh, it's okay to take the time. It's okay. I'm like, coming in touch with self- having self worth more. Yeah. So- I didn't think I didn't, but I realized, oh, you were moving fast because you thought you weren't allowed to say no or you have to make the other person happy. And so I'm just kind of coming into myself where I go and learning how to move slower. Yeah. So I'm I'm learning about things. So I think that's going to help me. And the kind of guy I want, when I listen to what you're talking about and just from ways I've been feeling, the kind of guy I'm excited about is different from like the drummer of the rock band I used to lust after, you know, who's interesting. But I want, I want, you know, somebody who's, I feel safe with, 
who I mean, I used to probably call the boring guy. Oh, he's so boring. That's so boring. Well, but there could be also the guy who's in the rock band, but he also happens to have a studio and he's making music for TV. And yeah, he's, totally. He wants to have a kid and he's got like a cool house and, and he knows how to. And he's a good person and you can he's trust him. I want to feel got safe. Friends and family and yeah, but he's interesting. But he's making a living and he's interested in making a living. And yeah. he's interested in what you do and he supports what you do. And I want to trust somebody. I just want to feel like yeah. safe with them. And Definitely that, ask yeah. friends. Okay. Ask friends and friends of friends. <clears throat> I'm looking forward to seeing who you set me up with. This is very exciting for yeah, all of us. People know people. Like you, you want people, somebody who knows somebody. The worst is when you date somebody and you think that you trust them because you're like, oh, so and so set me up with them. And then you find out they weren't actually really good friends. I've done and that. And you're like, oh, God. And you, wait. <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh, hmm. my God. Yeah. Yeah. So think long and hard. That's okay. what I'm saying. Um, all right. Well, what's next for you? Um, what are we excited about? I'm, I'm excited about my record, Feel What You Feel. I'm going to finish. Hopefully, I have to pin down Craig Robinson, who sings on my song. I sings love on my guy. record. He's great. He's really sweet. He's very busy. So we're going to finish our videos. I'm going to be off and on tour. Um, and I'm excited about that. Those are some of the things. But there's a zillion other things. I, I have actually on my computer all these post-its with a thousand ideas. Oh, my God. And I have to figure out which ideas I want to do next. Well, get to it. Get out of here. Yeah, I'm, You have too I'm, much yeah. to do. Thank you probably, for being... Yeah, I'm probably right now going to go take my son to get our car washed and uh, fix the car seats. It's really, really exciting. Life it's is really just, cute and fun. Life so. is just nonstop. Well, thank you for talking yeah. to me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 